Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Investor Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about dun, 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 inflation. I know it's on everyone's hearts and minds right now. <laughs> no, don't, uh, don't jump away from the podcast too quickly. We're going to talk about what is inflation. Brian's going to give us sort of the 101 on inflation. You'll get to see me be all confused and try to get clarity. And we're going to talk about what it means for you. So uh, hang in there for the show opener, and we will be right back to talk even more about inflation. Hello, and welcome to the Six Figure Investor Podcast. Are you a professional who wants straightforward, trustworthy financial strategies that you can act on? Are you entering your highest income earning years and discovering that your personal finances are becoming too complex? We get it. You're a highly competent professional, but you don't have time to go deep on your personal finances the way you do with your day job. Hi, I'm Brian and helping professionals make smart financial decisions is my passion. I run a financial advisory practice called the Capital Stewards and work with professionals like you who are trying to cut through the noise and make smart financial decisions. In this podcast, I'll discuss three topics that are key to long-term financial success. The knowledge that you need to make smart decisions, the right money mindset, and the current financial and market news that you need to know and act on. It's time to stop Googling every question you have about money and dive into some real professional guidance. So let's get moving. Hey guys, we're so excited that you're joining us today. As we mentioned in the upfront, we're going to be talking about inflation. It's like the hot topic that everyone wants to talk about or doesn't want to talk about when it comes to what's happening in the United States of America with the markets and money. It's actually the number one issue on the minds of many Americans, according to Pew Research. Oh, well, always bringing it in with the stats, aren't you, Mr. Brian C? Number one problem in America. Inflation. inflation. That's what everybody says. Well, I'm glad that we're talking about it today because I think I probably have a, a third grader's understanding of inflation. And I believe that by the end of this podcast episode, A, I will understand a lot more about inflation and what I need to do as a result of what's happening in the market. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Let's talk about inflation and stagflation and all the kinds of inflation that are out there. Ooh, stagflation. Yeah. Now you're speaking to all my fears. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't you kick us off with like a primer, a one-on-one of like, what is inflation? Let's start. So let's talk about that bottle of wine that you wanted to drink before we started recording this episode. Most things increase in price year over year. So last year, that bottle of wine might have been $100. And this year, it's $103. And that means okay, time that there's 3% inflation. Everyone who inflation. listens to this podcast now thinks that we're super bougie and drink $100 a bottle of wine on the regular. I just want to clarify that Brian is like completely making up this story and that I was not asking to drink a $100 bottle of wine prior to recording this episode. $100 bottle of wine. So more like $50 bottle of wine. So you know, if, if it, you know, if it goes up by, you know, $3, then inflation is 6%. You're I'm really glad that you're able to do those math conversions on the fly, babe. That's, that's impressive. That's inflation for you in a nutshell. So basically inflation is paying more for the same thing I would have gotten for less previously. That's right. That sounds like a bad thing to me, but 
when I hear you talk about it, it's you seem a bit more like it's good and it's bad. Like, I don't get that. Help me understand. Yeah. So, is it good or is it bad? So it, it, it can be both. So most economists believe that predictable low levels of, of inflation are good. That's why the Fed has a 2% inflation target. So we want low, predictable, consistent inflation year over year. Why is that? There's two reasons. The first is that you're more likely to buy that bottle of wine if you think it might increase in price in the future. So it causes you to act and stimulate the economy by spending money now versus waiting for something to get more expensive down the road. The second reason is related to debt. So inflation actually helps reduce the burden of your debt over time. If you think about it, if you borrow $50,000 for college or to buy a car, then every year you get a raise, the payment on that debt for college or for your car stays fixed. But it becomes a lower percentage of your income year after year as you continue to get raises due to inflation. So the same thing is true at the corporate level and broadly across the economy. So low inflation helps everybody pay off debt, which also helps stimulate the economy over the long term. So uh, the natural question for me, though, then is like, what is this delineator between good inflation and bad inflation? Because I get this sense, and I think everyone in the country feels like we've reached this bad inflation place. So like, how do you delineate the good from the bad? And where are we today? So inflation is typically positively correlated with the economy. And that's just big finance speak for as economic growth occurs, inflation also occurs at the same time. That's a good thing for the reasons we've already talked about. It's when that relationship gets out of whack or becomes inverse. So we get really high inflation growth and we have an economy that's slowing down or contracting that we have a problem. And that is what people um, call stagflation. So, Oh, the 80s have come a calling. We'll talk about that. I don't know <laughs> that we're in the 80s yet, but that, that is what happened in the late 70s the late 60s and most of the 70s and the very beginning of the 80s before inflation was stamped out by, by the Fed raising interest rates. Inflation becomes a problem when it becomes so high that the price of goods and services outpaces income growth. And so that means you're burdened because I can't go spend in a discretionary basis some of those things that I want to go buy. I can't buy that $100 bottle of wine. I have to cut back the $25. My life is really challenging. I can't go to a concert. I can't go on vacation. I can't do those things because Why? I have to spend more money on milk and gas and groceries and my rent. My money doesn't go as far as Right, it used exactly. To. My money doesn't go as, as far as it used to. And so that causes consumers to spend less money. That reduces economic growth and eventually can lead to a recession. And so, so that's stagflation in a nutshell is when that relationship between inflation and economic growth becomes inverse and gets out of whack. That's what we don't want to happen over the long term. So I, what I hear you saying, honestly, sounds a lot like what I feel like I'm hearing on the news today in these days. So why is inflation so what I would perceive to be high? And would you agree that it is high? So inflation is definitely high on a historical basis. So we're in the middle of May in 2022. In April, inflation was more than 8%. That's extraordinarily high on an annualized basis. The reason, though, I think is less obvious. So inflation today is not actually caused by supply chain issues that stem from COVID. And there's exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, the demand for goods has risen faster than even pre-COVID supply chains were able to handle. And we know this because we can actually look across the economy at a bunch of different sectors and say how much stuff is being produced, how many widgets, how many microphones, how many computers, 
how many chairs, how many homes are being produced by the economy and shipped. And, and on a monthly basis, we're producing more as an economy than we were before COVID. So there's not actually a supply chain issue. It's not as if the, the supply of goods went away and those prices went up. It's really that we have just stimulated demand so much that people want more and more and more and more stuff. And we haven't been able to increase our ability to produce the stuff that people want. The most significant uh, cause for that is people. As you may have seen in the news, there's lower participation rates in the labor force. And labor force participation is just a, a big finance word for evaluating the number of people that are actually working or looking for work versus the number of people that potentially could work in the United States. That labor force participation rate is lower than it was pre-COVID and it's, it's substantially. And the result of that is there's more than two available job openings for every unemployed worker in America, which is really great if you're looking for a job, um, but it's really challenging if you're in the business. That means you have to pay more to hire people and then thus. Okay, more demand, less supply, i.e. price goes up, i.e. inflation. I'm following you. That's right. And that is why inflation is high today. Okay. Okay, so I'm following you on more demand, less supply for a lot of things that I see. But it's it felt to me, honestly, like one of the big places that I saw prices rise was at the gas pump. And that didn't seem to have anything to do with demand and supply. It seemed like it was kind of launched maybe with the war between Ukraine and Russia and concerns about gas supply and that kind of stuff. But like, is that true or is there something else going on? Yeah, it, both things can be true at the same time. I think that's what's the, that's what's really happening here. So energy is absolutely a contributor to inflation. If you were to back energy out of the equation entirely, you would still have inflation that was running north of 6%, so not quite as bad. Um, but definitely a, a few points on top of what's already really high inflation is attributable to energy. And that's been, that has been really significant over the first half of this year. Energy costs are up 40 per from last year. Most of that is directly related to the situation in Ukraine. Some of that's also caused by increased demand in the economy, right? People are back out, they're driving more, they're traveling more, all of that. You have a supply of taking Russian gas off the market to some extent. We can have an argument about the extent to which that's actually happening. And then you couple that with more and more people going more places, you need more energy and that causes the price to rise. The good news about energy in particular is that the world is capable of producing plenty of natural gas and oil, especially with prices above the 70 to $80 range. It's very unlikely that prices will continue to arise into oblivion um, and, and create something that is, that is similar to the 1970s. It's, it's also important to note that because you have inflation year over price shocks in energy are not always what they seem. So a, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast probably remember when energy prices, oil prices in particular, were $100 to $125 a barrel back in 2008, right? Well, now the same to have the same impact on the economy, you'd have to have energy prices that were $150 or $175 a barrel, right? And we're far from that. And to get to a situation... Um, like we had in the 1970s, you'd actually have to have energy prices, you know, if you measure it in the price of oil, that's several hundred dollars a barrel before you created something that was like the 1970s. So, so the world can produce plenty of oil. It's likely that over time, production will increase with slightly higher oil prices and the sort of the really high cost for energy that we have now will come down. It's just going to take 10, 12 months for that to work itself out. Okay. So... I feel like this is the part of the presentation where if we were meeting live, you put up a slide that was like a 
forward looking disclosure statement that says you can't be held accountable for anything that happens coming after <laughs> this, blah, 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 blah. I think we've all seen those slides of legalese in any corporate financial presentation. But walk me forward from here because you start out this episode talking about there's increased demand, there's reduced supply, that makes the price go up. Got you. Economics 101, I'm tracking. But as those things become expensive and with sort of this doomsday or news about potentially what could happen with the economy, it feels to me like people will kind of go back to the labor market for the security of having a job. And those who are in the labor market won't be bopping around as much, again, for the security of having a job. And that demand supply, the incongruencies between demand and supply will kind of level out. Yeah. So I think all all of those things are true. It's likely that workers will continue to to trickle into the labor market as savings run off from COVID, right? The reality is there were a lot of people that got a lot of, actually made more money during COVID than they've ever made before. So some of those people chose to exit. They may have started businesses. They may have stayed home with their kids. They may have done a lot of things, right? With that time, but, but those, that time period is closing. We've seen consumers begin to take debt again, start using credit cards again. As the financial position of those consumers change, then some of them will choose to go back to work. The other thing that happens is as the Federal Reserve raises interest rates to combat inflation. What does that mean? The Federal Reserve is a quasi-government organization that helps manage the balance of inflation and employment in the economy. So if we as a society were to do nothing going forward, it's likely that inflation would continue to rise significantly. At some point, everyday goods would become so expensive that consumers were not able to buy things beyond their basic needs like groceries and gas, and companies wouldn't be able to expand. So that would cause sort of a bust and a big contraction in the economy, a significant rise in unemployment, and that sort of cycle then reduces inflation naturally. That's a really powerful cycle, and and that's really capitalism sort of untamed. The Fed helps tame that process by raising and lowering interest rates and manipulating their balance sheet. In this case, we see rising inflation because the economy has too much demand. So the Fed can raise interest rates, which makes borrowing more expensive. That'll cause consumers to buy a little bit less at the margin and companies to expand a little bit lower. Those things together reduce inflation without hopefully the untamed boom and bust cycle that we talked about earlier. So going forward, it's likely that inflation itself begins to cool off the extra demand of the economy and the Fed raises interest rates to help that process along, which hopefully results in a slowdown without a recession. Now that I kind of understand what's happening in the, the framework of inflation and the financial news today, as a six-figure investor, what should I do about this? Yeah. So the first thing is, is that in adhering to your long-term investment plan is key. Inflation has created a lot of market volatility. Obviously, stocks and bonds are, are down this year. And um, it's really important that you remain invested. And the reason is that one of the best hedges against inflation is actually being in the stock market. And that's because companies generally increase their prices over time. And we've seen this, this is, has held true the first part of in line with inflation. And so as companies increase their prices, um, their profits increase. And so in your portfolio, it, it nets out to an increase that that is above inflation. The other thing that's really important is a modern diversified portfolio. That means you've got to think beyond just stocks and bonds. Your portfolio should include things like real estate, um, and commodities, which are things like oil and agricultural products, 
metals like gold and silver, infrastructure, which are things like data centers and cell towers. There are lo- those are lots of assets that are they're real things, they're tangible things. And so when the price of those real tangible things increases, those assets tend to perform well. And so we wrote at length about that back in January, and we'll link that article below in the podcast, and you can read more about modern diversified portfolios um, and how to invest in inflationary. That was just, there's nothing that rolls quite off the tongue, like, what would you say? Modern portfolio construction. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that's really it's good stuff right there. All right. That's the next Justin Timberlake song for you, friends. <laughs> wow. We did that great. And they reach you, Ryan, for a modern portfolio construction. Yeah, so I think the best thing Sounds is Sounds like plastic surgery go, yeah, for go, your money. Go to our website and you can sign up for our email list, thecapitalstewards.com. Um, you can check us out there, learn more. There's We publish a lot on there. You can read articles and, and sign up for our email list. And then if you want to reach out um, and have a conversation with us, you can do that there as well. Thecapitalstewards.com. Thecapitalstewards.com. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Okay, great. Anything else you want to share with our friends today? Or no. maybe just recap for us what we learned in today's episode? Yeah, so I think the key, the key things are this, right? Inflation is simply the increase in the price of goods over time, low levels of consistent inflation are a good thing. We want that in the economy. When that becomes challenging, you have something called a stagflation. And that means that the relationship between economic growth and prices is sort of out of whack and we need to fix that. We don't expect that that's going to happen in the in the current economy because we think that rising prices will cause demand to go back down and we'll get um, a resolution of the sort of mismatch between the number of available workers and the job openings that are out there. So we think inflation is going to be higher for the for the long term than we've seen over the last decade. But uh, as I like to say, you can probably leave your disco pants in the closet because we're not going back to the 70s or the 80s. And and in terms of what to do about it, it's just really important to stick to your investment plan long term and not make rests when you have volatile market times. And check out our stuff on Modern Diversified Portfolios because there's a lot of stuff you can invest in beyond stocks and bonds. And all of that is really important in an inflationary environment. Excellent. Way to bring it all together. That was a that was a tough challenge. All right, friends. As always, it's great to have you listening along with us, learning along with me. Well, um, that's all we've got for you, friends. Hope to have you back on the podcast again soon. All right. Bye for now. Commentary provided is for general audiences and educational purposes only. It should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice for your specific situation. That's why you should talk to a professional. Hello. Past performance of market results is no assurance of future performance. All the information on the podcast has been obtained from sources we deem reliable as of the date of this recording, but it's not guaranteed.